So we grab our Bibles this morning. If we uh, turn our Bibles to the Gospel of Mark, the Gospel of Mark, chapter 12. Well, like I said, as you can see, Pastor Pat's not here today. Uh, he's on vacation, and Lord willing, he'll be back with us in about a couple of weeks. And same as the youth pastor, he's also on vacation this week. That's why the youth is staying with us with this morning. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, uh, I'm one of the assistant pastors here at Calvary Chapel. My name is Ruben Pacheco. I oversee the children and, and the men. I know some of you women are saying, well, what's the difference, right? But no, I oversee both of them, and it's a blessing. It really is a blessing to be able to see these children just, just grow. I mean, this, it's beautiful, and it's, it's, it's a blessing. It really is, and it's awesome. It's also a blessing here to share the word with you this morning. So on the gospel, we're going to be reading from the Gospel of Mark in chapter 12. We will be reading starting at verse 28 this morning. Okay, let me get my stuff together. All right, so Mark chapter 12, verse 28 says, Then one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together, perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, which is, which is the first commandment of all? Jesus answered him, The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second, like it, is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. So the scribe said to him, Well said, teacher, you have spoken the truth, for there is one God, and there is no other but he. And to love him with all the heart, with all the understanding, with all the soul, and with all the strength, and to love one's neighbor as oneself is more than all the whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. Now when Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. But after that, no one dared question him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, God, that your word is just so, so true, so beautiful, Lord. If this is the first time we read this, or if this is many times that we read it, Lord, uh, we pray, Father God, Lord, that, that your word touches us this morning. And this is a wonderful reminder of this passage, Father God. So, Lord, we just pray now. We come before you. I uh, just wanted to hear this morning. We praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Um, I really love this passage here. Uh, the Lord's been speaking to me personally for a long time regarding... Uh, this particular passage, love, love. It's funny at times when we read this and we see this, we see, when we see the word commandment right off the top, we think, oh, shoot, something I got to do, right? I mean, we've, we've done it for, for kids, right? Got to make your room. You got to clean your dish, right? It's always, we always think of it as a negative. But if you guys ever, if we ever really look at the, the scriptures from Genesis to Revelations, when he's talking about commandments, it's a positive thing in our life because God, he wants he wants to give us a command. He wants to give us a charge. He loves us so much that he wants us to know this is for you. This is for you because I, I love you, right? And most of the time we read this stuff and you really look at all these commands, these promises, they really are. I mean, I'll give you a couple examples. Uh, in Ephesians, to the husbands, right? He says, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. We have to be told to love. Right? We have to be told to love our wives. 
and, and even for, uh, for the wives in First Peter chapter 3, it says, Wives, likewise, be submiss- submissive to your own husbands, and even if some do not obey the word, they without a word may be won by the conducts of their wives. You know, one thing is so beautiful about, you don't even see the scriptures, women come to the Lord so, so quickly. I mean, they come most, most of the time, not always, most of the time. They know the Lord before we do. And because our wives love our, our unsaved husbands, you know, they mean, well, most of the time they, want it, they say, you got to leave the church. Or they say, uh, uh, you got to do Bible studies. Uh, you got to come to church. You got to change. But here in that passage, Jesus is saying, by the conducts of your lives, I do the rest. I take care of him just like I took care of you. You just love on your husband. You just pray for him. I'll take care of the rest, right? And it's also for the children. No matter what, how old you are, from a little child to an adult, the Colossians, children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing. I love that part. To the Lord. So he's always giving us commands, but many times when we hear these commands or we come to church, we tend to to forget that, you know what? Why do we come to church? Why do we, why do we, why do we come? Why do we read the scriptures? To know God. And how do we know God? Well, we know God but by the love that he has for us. We should be able to love God, like it says in these scriptures I just read, with all our hearts and all our souls. And it's a very, very uh, uh, awesome reminder. You know, we go, we, that's what I love about Calvary Chapel, and I believe most of us here the same reason we come to Calvary Chapel. We go verse by verse. We go book by book, you know, and, and so we really get to know what God says in our lives. And it's good to know, to know what God's word says, but sometimes we tend to forget the main thing is love. Love God. Loving God is the most important thing that we could do. Many times as, as Christians, sometimes, you know, we get saved, we get excited, and sometimes that joy in our lives go away. That shouldn't be, Right? That shouldn't be. It's because we understand who God is and that he loves us more than we could ever imagine. There should be uh, joy in our lives through love. Many times, even in um, the Bible studies or just conversation, many times you hear, you know, I just want to know the purpose of my life. Right? I want to know God's perfect will in my life. Well, I think personally the person... The perfect will in our lives is our purpose of our life is to love God. We are to love God. We, are, we should be a church that's always loving. You know, we, uh, with Pastor Pat, and that's what I love about Pastor Pat. He's always teaching us loving others, loving others. And when the Holy Spirit spoke to him regarding we need to start mobilizing and move out. We've got to love on, love on. And we were all in agreement. You know, the Spirit's really moving, and that's what I love uh, about about uh, our church here. So in this scripture that we just read, it, it's very, uh, it's a wonderful reminder. You see the scribe here, we're going to see in a minute. He knew the knowledge of God, right? He knew all about God. He knew the scripture. He was a theologian if, nowadays, right? He knew the scriptures top to bottom, but yet he, he, left, he left out the most important thing, and that's God's love. And sometimes we can't do that. So it's a wonderful reminder. So if you guys, uh, we keep this in context, right, before we, read our, uh, before we read. In context, in Mark 12, 
Jesus is within days of his death on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. Right? His popularity is, is, to the common people is increasing. It's huge. It's huge, but it's in the expense of the Jewish religious leaders, right? uh, who are the Pharisees and the Sadducees and even the Herodians. Right? They're, that's who Rome put in charge. So the religious leaders, they challenged. Uh, they're feeling threatened. So they're feeling challenged by Jesus because they're loving them. They're seeing what Jesus is bringing to, the, bringing to them is true. And they're feeling challenged. Their whole, their whole way of life is challenged. So here we have these religious leaders who are going to challenge Jesus with the most controversial questions in that day to try to trap him. Okay? Now these questions divided the Jews, and their intention was to uh, alienate uh, Jesus' disciples. He wanted to really just get them separate. He wanted to break them, right? So in chapter 12, we see three different questions, right? Three different questions. One is by the, the Pharisees and the Herodians. And that's on verse 13 to 17 on chapter 12. And that's about taxes. Basically, what they want to do is, okay, who are, you more respond- who are you more loyal to? Rome or the Jews, right? They want him to answer it. And then the other part was to the Sadducees. He questioned the Sadducees' question about the resurrection. That one's about doctrine, about theology. And that's in verse 18 to 27, right? As a matter of fact, Jesus tells them, takes them to the scriptures, and he tells them, point blank, you don't even know the scriptures. You don't even know the power of God, right? They don't even know the power of God. So now, now in this particular, uh, on this part we're reading this morning, it's what is the greatest commandment of all, all right? What is the greatest commandment of all? So basically, this is another theological question. It's the duty to God, right? And, and it's, a, it's, a, it's a debate that they all argued amongst themselves. Okay, so before we read, I just want to make sure we read, I'd like pass, do this part here, is that there were two philosophies, two main philosophies back then in the religious leaders. One was the Sadducees. The Sadducees, Sadducees were influenced by the Greek. They did not believe in the resurrection. They didn't believe in angels. They didn't believe in the spirits. They only believed in the first five books. Then you got these Pharisees. These Pharisees believed in the resurrection. Right? They're like a conservative in, in theology. Now, these Pharisees, when they were challenging Jesus, they were very impressed by Jesus' answer about the resurrection. As a matter of fact, in Luke 20, 39, it says, Then some of the scribes answered and said, Teacher, you have spoken well. But after that, they dared not question him anymore. So they knew he was telling the truth. They knew he was telling the truth. Now, a scribe is a, is a lawyer. And like I said earlier, he's an, he's an expert in the law of God. Right? And the Pharisees, here we're going to read right now, sent one of the scribes to try to test Jesus. Uh, like I said, because they considered him an enemy. And this word testing in Matthew, because they said they tested him, this word test means to maliciously trap him in judgment. Right? It wasn't a, a, an honest test. It was a test to, to try to get him. And you know how that is sometimes as Christians, especially once you, you share your faith. Once you share your faith, People ask you a sincere question at times, but really they just want to see how you can answer for that. They could twist your words around. Matter of fact, David in Psalm 56, 5 says, all day they twist my words and all their thoughts are against me for evil. It's good. It's, we should be uh, knowledgeable of the word of God. That's, we, need, we should be. Right? We should be. That's, that's, there's no question about it. All right? But many times we need to be prepared to share God's love to others. 
And the only way we're going to be able to do that is to be able to really open our scriptures and know God, what he has to say to us here. All right, so notice, notice with me in verse 28. Then one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together, perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, Jesus, which is the first commandment of all? So here you go. You have the scribe. He just heard Jesus answer the question on the resurrection, and he was impressed. Even though the Pharisees sent him to test him, to trap him, I personally believe he was impressed. Because he's probably just sitting there, whoa, that's a, that's a great answer. I mean, even when someone's trying to trap us, if you, if you stick with the truth because you know the word of God, there's nothing they could say. They'll sit there, they want to say something, but it's the truth. And I personally believe that this, this guy was like, whoa, that's, that's right on, right? God's word is truth. Now, this debate, this most important, basically what he's asking, this is what he's asking. What is the most important commandment by Moses? That's basically what he's asking. That's why he wants to get him, because they love Moses' word, right? This question was debated for hundreds and hundreds of years. You've got to remember, the law was divided into 613 commandments, 248 light and 365 heavy, basically the do's and the don'ts, right? You can do these, you can't do that. And it was, they categorized them in importance, by their importance, really, by their importance, which made it difficult to obey the commandment of God, right? So the Pharisees, you've got to remember, they love to argue about things that really, truly, truly didn't matter. They wanted to press everybody with what they knew. They wanted to press their knowledge. They didn't know anything about the love of Christ, right? And that happens today, unfortunately. You know, same as today. People argue about non-essentials. Right? They, many times, you know, I've had conversations, people will argue about should there be instruments or not in, in worship. And, they, and some people leave churches for that reason. They want only hymns or only a cappella. Well, that's a non-essential. What is an essential? Essential is the virgin birth. Jesus is God. Right? Those things you don't argue about. Those are, that's, that's our faith. But those kind of things are what people argue about. And that's what these, that's what these scribes are. That's what these uh, religious leaders are doing. Yet they're mad at Jesus because he challenged their interpretation of Scripture. Right? And they want to get in for heresy. Now, Let's look at verse 29. If you notice with me, verse 29 says, Jesus answered him. He's going to answer the question. Jesus answered him. The first of all the commandment is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Verse 30. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. Here Jesus quoted from the Shema, or Shema, I think that's how you say it really, right? From Deuteronomy 6. Now this right here is the most familiar scripture which was recited twice a day. It was basically their confession of faith, which is true. The Lord, our God, the Lord is one. It was a, a, a ritual. They were very religious. They were very religious. They just they recited it. They recited it all the time. It was something they knew. They, 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 they went to it. It was their go-to, right? right? But they really didn't know. They weren't familiar with the love or the knowledge of love that God had for them because they were so busy, stuck on, on themselves and what they knew. Right? So they didn't know the love of God. Right? We must obey the scriptures. We just can't have head knowledge. We just can't have head knowledge of God. It's, just easy, it's easy to do. It really is easy to do. But we need to have, uh, we just can't know Bible verses just to know them. We, we, need to, we can't replace those Bible verses with knowing 
God and who he is and who he is in our lives. All right? So we need to, we need to remember that at times. Now, I want you guys to turn to, uh, hold your place there, and I want to show you this beautiful promise that Jesus has for us on John chapter 14. Turn a couple of books to the, to the right, and it's the Gospel of John. All right? And this is a beautiful uh, promise that Jesus has for us. I love this verse. It's an awesome, awesome verse, and it's in verse 21. This is the, a promise that he has when we do obey him and we do love him. This is, to, this is to know God. John 14, verse 21 says, He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him, and I love this part, manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Jesus, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered and said to, to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my father will love him, and he will come to him and make our home with him. I mean, just look at those verses. He will manifest. Manifest means to he reveal himself. He'll, he'll make something clear. He'll make himself known to you. He'll make himself known to us of who he really is. It's not just about knowing Bible verses, reciting Bible verses. It's about knowing what this verse says. He's speaking to us through this beautiful book. Right? That's what he's telling us. Jesus will manifest himself to us by, by obedience and by the love of Christ. Because if you love God, you're going to obey him. And you're going to want to know what he has in your life. It won't become just a commandment, right? It'll become, you, you want to. You want to know what he's done in your life. And that's, how, and that's one of the things about, you know, I said in the beginning, it's good to be reminded about love. Well, one of the things that do matter to God, because that's what we're talking about here, love does really matter to God. It, it's the foundation of who God is. It's the foundation of our faith, right? And our relationship with Jesus Christ truly matters. And that's what it is. This is about our relationship with Christ. And you may say, well, how? How can Jesus manifest himself to me? You know, I've been, I've been going to church, and I, I don't really know if I know what that means. Well, one of the ways that Jesus manifests himself is to share our faith. This, we had an announcement today on the how to share your faith by great glory. That's how, we can, that's how we do it, by sharing our faith. Because when you're sharing your faith, you're going to be knowledgeable, but you're going to see the love that he has. You're going to see the things that he's done in our personal life. And you're going to want to share it with others. He gives us the words by the Holy Spirit. That's one way that, 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 you, that you can share your faith, and that's one way that you can, he will manifest through you. You know, um, but be truth, also to be truthful, you're going to get resistance, right? I know most of all here that share word with others, you're going to get resistance. It will happen, but don't worry about it. The Lord will minister to you. The, he'll, he'll give you words that you didn't remember that you knew because he put it in your heart. You're gonna, it's going to come out, and you're going to say, oh, man, I haven't read that in a long time. He's manifesting through you. He's revealing himself through you, right? 2 Timothy 3.12 says, And all who desire to love godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. And there's different types of persecutions. One is being ridiculed. It's a, it, just be faithful to trust him. Matter of fact, in Exodus chapter 4, if you guys remember, when God spoke, was speaking to Moses, he was too scared. He didn't want to go to Egypt. And what does God tell him? Go. Who made your mouth? Who made your mouth? <laughs> you know, it's not, I'll take care of it. You go out there. I'll take care of this. And that's what we need to know. 
Jesus is telling this particular scribe, you repeat the verses, but you really don't know what these verses mean because there's no love for God. You know, when you read these verses here, um, love him with all my heart, love God, sometimes you might be, we might be saying to ourselves, well, why should I love him with all my heart? You know, I come to church, I'm saved, uh, I read my Bible. Why, why should I love him with all my heart? Well, for me personally, I, I, and I'm sure a lot of you could agree with this. Jesus demonstrated his love for, for me by dying on the cross. He didn't have to do it. John 3.16 is not just something that we just could write and quote, quote, you know. It's truth. He loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son. He demonstrated his love for me. I did not deserve to, to, for him to die. An uh, uh, innocent, a sinless man died for me. He, he, he loved me first. I didn't love him first. I couldn't love him first. If we think about our lives before Christ, the B.C. days, right? I, could, I couldn't love God that way. It's impossible. You know, I share this much, lots of times at the men's group. It's like, uh, I think back when, you know, my wife and I were, we started having children, right? And it's parents' love, right? Parents' love. You know, I remember when my wife told, uh, said, well, you know, we're going to have a baby, you know? Blessed. Three beautiful children. Blessed by God. Right? And, and the minute she told me that, we're going to have a baby. I love this baby. I didn't even see this baby yet. I love this baby. I mean, this thing came over me that's like, oh, my heart. I just love this baby. I used to, I'll be rubbing on my wife's stomach, right? I'll be coming home making sure the baby heard my voice. I'm talking to the stomach, oh, daddy loves you, daddy loves you, right? Right? Rubbing on the stomach, seeing the baby grow, see the baby turn, and I'm just loving on this baby that I have not seen. I have not seen this baby. I want to talk to this baby so much that in my, my mind, when the baby's born, he's going to know me. He's going to know me, you know, and that's how much I loved him, my baby. I still do, all three of them. So I remember in the hospital, the baby's born. Baby comes to me, baby's crying, all three of them, they're crying, crying, crying. And I'm talking to them. In my mind, I felt when I spoke, when I spoke to them that they mellowed out a little bit, right? They mellowed out because, oh, yeah, they know me, right? They know me, right? This baby didn't earn my love. This baby did nothing to, to earn my love. I love this baby. I love this baby more than I can even, you know, us as parents know, I can't explain it. That's how God loves every single person here. The Bible says he loved you before the creation of earth. He drew us to him. He loved us first. And that's the same way God, that's the same way. And that's why we, should, we love God. Us as a Christian love him with all our hearts. Because he loved me first. Jeremiah 31.3 says, The Lord has appeared of old to me, saying, Yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. I have drawn you. I love that verse. I love all these verses. You can hear me say it all the time. I love that verse. I love that verse. Right? Well, how? Well, he also gives us here in verse on this on how. Well, I love him with, if you look there, all my heart. Where's how do I love him with all my heart? Well, my heart is the core of, the, of my inner beings, right? It's the origin of all my words, all my thoughts. In Proverbs 4.23, it says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issue of life. What comes out of you from your heart, that's your expression. That is who you are. And that's, I love him with all my soul. 
This soul means the seed of all act emotional activity. It produces passion, a devotion for God, our free will to choice to express our love for God, an expression for worship here when we're worshiping the Lord. That's coming from our soul. I love, you know, I love with all my soul. Psalms 103.1 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. We love God with all our mind. Our mind speaks of our power to know his nature and to share it, to share it with others, to grow in the Lord with our thoughts. We want to be able to read what God has to say to us and, and fill our mind with what God has for us in our lives. As Psalms 119, 148 says, My eyes are awake through the night watches that I may meditate on your word. We love God with all our strength. Strength here gives us the strength to serve and to bless the Lord with all our hearts. We need God's strength to serve. We do. If we're honest with ourselves, you know, we, we do our own thing. We come home. But God gives us that strength to, to call you wherever, wherever your ministry is. Church, home, work. Colossians 3, 23 and 24 says, And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. Our love for God should show some type of change in our lives. Like I said earlier, before I was a Christian, I, I, I didn't want nothing to do about. It. I didn't want anything to do with God. I didn't want to serve God. I was, I was good in my mind, right? But I wasn't. So there should be a change in our lives if we truly love God, right? Notice with me in verse thirty-one. And the second, like it, is this: You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Here Jesus added this without even being asked from Leviticus 19.18. He said, which is like it. Matthew 22.40 says, on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. When we love our neighbors, we love others, that is the evidence of love, of, of loving God, is to love uh, others as yourself. It's easy to love yourself, right? We talked about that before. It's easy to, to love yourself. That's, that, that's easy. Well, that's a given. But to love others, when God's in your heart and, 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 he, and he's really ministering to us, you're going to want to love others. That's going to be one of the evidence. First John 4.20 says, If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And verse 21 says, and this commandment, there's that word again, we have from him that he who loves God must love his brother also. You, we cannot love God and hate others. That's not of his nature. God loves, that's not, that's not of God. Right? You can't. You know, one thing I noticed in, in, in our Christian walk, if, if we don't, we stall. We really do. In our walk, if we don't love others and express, and express you, can't, you stall. You stall in our walk. You stall in all, in all you do. You won't want to uh, share God's word. You won't uh, be part of the ministry. You will stall in your walk. It's very important that, that we, uh, we share our love. He gives, the Holy Spirit gives us, he's inside us. We have to have an outlet. We have to have an outlet. We have to have an outlet. It's, you know, it's like if, for those who fish and you see ponds and it's not having a, a stream coming through, it, it, it's it's going to smell. You know, it's going to smell. It's not going to be effective. It's going to, all the fish is going to die there, you know. We need to be able to express ourselves. We need to be able to share God's love with others. 
And here in our passage, these religious leaders were always hammering the people with, with the law instead of loving and rejoicing with others. Our love for God should be evident by loving others, a genuine love, because that's what really matters to God. And going back to what I said, if you love God, you want, you want to be able to do things that matter to God. And loving others, uh, we talked about earlier the great, uh, the great Commission. The Great Commission. How could we do the Great Commission without having that love for others? Right? Verse 32. So the scribe said to him, Well said, teacher, you have spoken the truth, for there is one God, and there is no other but he. Verse 33. And to love him with all the heart, with all the understanding, with all the soul, with all the strength, and to love one's neighbors as oneself is more important than all the burnt, whole burnt offerings and sacrifice. I mean, this describe he sees it. He's correct. He sees it. He sees it. He's saying, he's saying, loving God and your neighbors, that's correct. Love is greater than any burnt offerings. We could do all we want to do for God. But if there's no love behind it, God, it's, it's useless, really. Proverbs 21.3 says, To do righteous and justice is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. You know, it, it doesn't really come easy to be, you know, if we're honest with ourselves. We, that's one thing that we do need to pray. We need to, we need to ask God. We need to pray, you know, how do I love others as a Christian? And we're, we're true to ourselves, you know. We need that power. We need the Holy Spirit. How do I love my spouse the way you love my spouse, Lord? How do I love my children, our grandchildren, our family, our friends? How do I love our neighbors? but the way you love God. We need to pray on those things. We need to ask God to show us how to do those things. Our love for, for God should give us, give us a, a life of joy, and by doing those things with our family members, we will have that joy that God wants us to have. He wants to bless us with that joy in our lives. Right? And that's always through love. That's who he is. Now, in verse 34, it says here, Now when Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. But after that, no one dared question him. No way. Right? The scribe knew what he needed to do. He really did. Like we do, right? He knew that we need, to, we need to love God and we need to obey God. We need to live for God. That's what he's telling the scribe here. You know, you know the truth. Right? You know, you see it. He said, but he's telling him, you're not far from the kingdom of God. He's not in. Just because he answered, just because we answer, just because we come, it doesn't necessarily we're always there, we're not always in. He's saying here, only, you know, you're, you're not in, you're right there at the door, right? Only Jesus can let us in the kingdom. He's telling him it's not the rules, it's not what you know, it's to live for God. That's, that's, how, that's, how, that's how you enter to the kingdom. He's basically telling them, you know what you got to do, just walk in. That's what, he's, that's what he's telling them, walk in the door, you just need to commit. You need to totally give yourself to the Lord. Revelation 22, 17 says, And the Spirit and the bride say, Come. And let him who hears say, Come. And let him who thirsts come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. You know, God looks at our hearts. Yeah, we've read that scripture many times. God looks at our hearts. But yet we still must respond. We don't know if the scribe here responded or not. But... This is a good reminder for us today that, that we need to really 
seek God and really have that relationship with the Lord. Really be able to understand and know what he wants to do in our lives. And the only way we're going to know that is to be able to spend more time with God. Like I said, we don't know if this, if this scribe did or did not. So maybe some of us are saying, well, how, how, how do I do that? Well, it always starts off by just confessing to the Lord. It always starts off by confessing to the Lord and, and repent. Just like when we were saved, for us that are born again. Just like when we were saved. You know, we need to do that. So reading all these, reading this, this part of the scriptures here, I want to uh, just encourage one another. I want to encourage one another that, that what really matters, what really matters to God is love. We need to be able to really seek out God and, and know what true, what love, what agape love is. That's why we have these agape feasts at times too. Not only that we get to eat wonderful meals together, but we get to know one another. We get to love one another. We get to get to know who's who around here, right? And John 13, 30, uh, 13, 34, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this you will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So I, how do I love God? How do I love God? Well, first thing is, as we read, is your personal relationship with the Lord. Your personal relationship, it all starts with your personal relationship with the Lord. That's the way you're going to be able to love God. That's the way you're going to know what he wants in your life. That's the way you're going to be able to love your wife, your husband. That's the way you're going to be able to love others, love your neighbors. That's how, that's how we become forgiving to others. It's easier to forgive when you have that love of Christ in your heart. And, that's, and, and so that's the number one thing we need to remember is our relationship. The other one is the one that we kind of wrestle with is to be obedient to God. To be obedient to God. Because if you love God, like I said earlier, you're going you're gonna to do what he tells us to do. And it is so pleasing for God. He will manifest his life to us. He will show us the purpose of our life. He will, he will be able to, we always have a victorious life. We should be Christians who, someone should be coming in our lives and say, man, what is different about that person? Why is that person, no matter what, having been working, having these problems like everybody else, yet they are always, always in a good mood? Well, you know what? That's because you know God. You know God loved you before the creation of the earth. And, and that's one thing that we need to be encouraged ourselves. So those three things that we need to encourage ourselves. To have a relationship with the Lord, be obedient. And by that, he will give us a victorious life. You know, um, also, one thing I'd like to say is that when... Uh, when I read the scripture, you know, it, it really was, for me personally, was very, um, it's very convicting at times, right? You think, man, how am I going to be able to love like that? But you know what? By the grace of God, by the grace of God, he, he, he will. He, he will just change our lives. I'm, I'm sure most of us here have testimonies of who we were before Christ. And he will change your lives. He will change us, and, and he will be able to have you an effective Christian, all of us effective Christians in our lives. But the thing about this passage is that uh, you must know God. And if you don't know God, it's impossible to have that love and that peace with God. So if you don't know God this, you know, this morning, I encourage you this morning to, after the service, to come up and, and, and receive the Lord as your, as, your, as your Lord and Savior. And once that happens, 
there'll be a change in your life that you can't explain. And for us that are Christians, because basically the Bible is written for us Christians here, is that if we have not had that love, brothers and sisters, we could start today. We could start brand new today on the love of Christ. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, uh, for your word, Lord. And Father God, we thank you, God, that, that you loved us before the creation of the earth. And Father God, we want to be a church that loves. We want to be a church, Father God, that be able just to be obedient and, and be able just to be uh, that light, be able to glorify you through our lives. So, Lord, we just pray for every, every single person here this morning, Lord, that, that you touch us in a mighty way, Lord, that we leave here changed, that we leave here uh, meditating on what you, uh, on this passage here. For, Lord, we do want to love. We want to love. We want to make you the number one priority in our lives. So, Father God, we thank you, Lord, that, that you did die for us on the cross and, and, and you gave us new life. We thank you, Lord, that you are so loving. Bless our church. Bless our family. Lord, speak to our family members who don't know you yet. And, Lord, we thank you, God, uh, that you are just a loving, forgiving God. We lift this up in Jesus' name. Amen.